0: Everyone, and welcome back to the Queer Magic Podcast. I'm your host Luis Cornejo, a licensed marriage and family therapist in the state of California, certified sex therapist and co-owner of Psychosocial Therapy, a fully virtual practice where I specialize in working with queer and BIPOC folks. And today I have a very special guest and we're going to be talking about making the paranormal queer again. So I'd like to go ahead and give them a chance to introduce themselves and tell us a little bit about their work and why they're here today
1: yeah so um, I where do I start gosh uh, so my name is fen along kush I, I also host a podcast called follow the woo uh, I'm also queer uh, and I've been working on a bunch of projects uh, for the last like couple years but really it started with film. I was in living in L.A., and I was just, like, in that world, and I realized that it was kind of... Hollywood is pretty toxic. Um,
0: oh, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> I'm sure you... I'm know. glad you're saying it. <laughs> yeah. Uh,
1: so I, you know, I quickly realized that I needed to pivot, and I was always interested in weird woo stuff, you know, meditation and mm-hmm. that kind of stuff, and then it kind of veered into into more of the paranormal during COVID. And you're in Southern California, right?
0: I do. I do. So I'm out in LA, actually. That's why I was when you said it. I was like, oh my gosh, because I actually moved out here to go more into entertainment. And absolutely, it it can be very toxic. And so I was just kind of like, yeah, it's, and and you need support right and I think uh, it's it's so cool because I actually was part of a group that was uh, focused on uh, folks who were queer non-binary and trans in the entertainment industry Mm -hmm. and experiencing some of these things so and I know that's a big part of why you reached out to me Uh, initially you had mentioned that you were doing a lot of this on your own because there was so much that just felt like constricting right with Mm -hmm. with Hollywood and all that and and so yeah I'm out here I definitely know how the vibe can go uh, in LA and especially when we're trying to create Mm -hmm. uh so you were saying you're working on shows you're you're uh you know into the paranormal tell me more
1: yeah well southern california as you know well if you were there during covid uh or the height of covid you know that it just like completely shut down and it was like a year Mm -hmm. and a half i mean every studio was shut down and so a lot of us people who are working in film had time to think about how toxic our jobs were um but also how um much those those big networks they really kill your darlings they're wanting mm. to generally cr- like crank out the same content over and over and over and so there's really kind of no room for deep authenticity, you know, especially in, Mm. I mean, reality TV, we all know reality TV is not real. (laughs) Um, and that's a problem. (laughs) So, you know, I noticed I I wanted, I started the podcast, follow the woo. And I was like, all right, I want to get into this more. And then I met some vampires and a bunch of like Mm. really interesting witches and all these magical practitioners, uh, who, most of them queer, uh, which we'll, we'll get into more, I'm sure. Um, and I realized I was, I was going to pitch a show to the network. Like we were working on, mm-hmm. you know, a typical pitch package for like a big production, uh, company. And these, I'm working with Michelle Bellanger, Some of you may know who that is. She was like, I would love to do a show with you, but I don't want to mm-hmm. go through the networks. And Michelle is a queer, intersex uh, vampire, psychic vampire. Um, You've probably seen her on, if you do watch paranormal TV, she's like on all of the paranormal shows. And uh, so I said, well, shit, are we allowed to swear?
0: Yeah, of course, go ahead. (laughs) It's welcomed. Yeah, okay, great.
1: So I said, shit, what am I, you know, I'm working on this pitch package and everything, but you know what? I knew in my heart that she was right. And so I said, well, we can do this, but we're gonna have to fight for it, you know? It's Mm -hmm. like um, the grassroots version of of making paranormal content. So we made two shows. We've been working on these two shows. One is a long form docu-series. We don't fake anything. We don't, the entire cast and crew are queer which we're really proud mm. of, like down to the editors. Um, wow, uh, and then, I
0: love that. That's rare, right? I
1: know. I'm so proud of it. <laughs> I, it's something that we were really, really proud of. And uh, and then the second show is just like your, you know, sort of your quote-unquote standard uh, episodic par- paranormal investigative mm-hmm. show. Um, but again, whole cast, queer, uh, cast and crew. And um, yeah, it's, it's also looking... Both of the shows are, we don't fake anything, but we also are trying to eliminate, like, the dude bro problem that Mm -hmm. is everywhere, Mm -hmm. but also really a problem in the paranormal space. It's just, like, white, cis, mat, like, very aggressive uh, dudes who only want to communicate with spirits or entities one way, and it's very masculine, and, like, ugh, it's just... It's a problem. So.
0: No, I love that you're saying that because I I think I shared with you even when we were corresponding that my partner and I actually indulge a lot in paranormal uh, TV. And so he watches Ghost Adventures, right, which is kind of the big one out there. (laughs) Yeah, I know. I was going to say this to me. I'm not I'm actually not as big of a fan. And it's so funny because we always try to find things that we can enjoy together. And so that's one of the shows where I tend to kind of just give in because oftentimes like that's the one that he started with and um, I think not too long ago Kesha actually Yeah. Did <laughs> and I was like oh my gosh okay now I can really watch this so <laughs> we were both watching each other's shows and kind of talking about a little bit about what you just said right yeah. that the way people communicate with spirits but especially in Ghost Adventures I had so many moments of just like oh my Ugh. gosh this is so bro-ish to me like I can't do it uh, yeah. yeah sorry I didn't me to interrupt you i just had a moment where no. i was like oh you're right like i did, I just realized that yes it is very yeah um targeted in a certain way for sure
1: mm-hmm. you didn't interrupt me at all no worries I, I mean like i love it when people get enthusiastic about the problematic dude bros like I, we could talk about just that <laughs> for the entire thing um
0: a whole episode on this yeah now, right?
1: dude, <laughs> fucking dude bros uh, Kesha's show though, this is so funny. I love that you brought her up. First of all, Michelle Belanger, uh, who we're working with was on conjuring Kesha, um, as well and, and met Kesha and Kesha's lovely. Um, Kesha, when I tell people that, th- that she's a paranormal investigator, they're like, no, cause it's, <laughs> cause it's not quite like full out there yet. And I'm like, she yeah. is, and she's like legitimately good at it. Like that's a solid show. <laughs> So, Kesha, if
0: you you ever listen to this, we
1: love you. Yeah, And and we (laughs) rated all the shows, you know, because we watched all of them, and and we Mm -hmm. were like, okay, what are the ones that, like, at least communicate with ghosts or whatever entities in, like, a more feminist way? And Conjuring Kesha and Portals to Hell are kind of, like, the only ones that really make the cut. A little bit of, like, Kindred Spirits... Um, And then you have shows like Hellier that does that. They do that some, but it's it's kind of slim pickings on network shows, though. Yes, so, yeah. absolutely,
0: absolutely. It definitely can be very limited. Uh, you know, and I, I'm glad that we're, we're talking about this in general because one of the things that we spoke about was making the paranormal queer again. And you mentioned how proud you are, and so am I. I'm actually really excited that you shared that news, that the whole cast, everyone is queer, uh, because it, it's not seen, right? Mm-hmm. And, and uh, I actually was a little surprised when you said making it queer again because I know I enjoy these shows, and I never actually thought a lot about, you know, myself as a queer person, like, oh, like, where do I fit into these, uh, you know, concepts and ideas and stories and, and mystery behind paranormal research, paranormal shows, paranormal entertainment. And so I'm curious, uh, you know, when you say making paranormal queer again, what do you mean specifically by that?
1: Yeah, so it, it's funny because the paranormal is intrinsically queer. I mean, there's, there's an intrinsic liminality about being queer right you know we are sort of in and out of like society and tropes and norms and you know all, all of these different things we're kind of like in and out of existence depending on who you ask mm-hmm. you know which is problematic um and so there's a power in that liminality and there's um I feel that I don't know how to articulate it exactly, but that that's that energy is exactly the kind of energy that you need for investigating uh, entities. Mm-hmm. And you know, we can also go back to like the spiritualist movement, you know, in like the, the 1800s. the 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 people who were allowed, really, to do these like seances and things were women and queer people, mm-hmm. you know, it was like this time mm-hmm. where they, that was okay, that, that was the, the, and which was weird because at the time, no, women couldn't do shit, you know, it was like, mm-hmm. so, mm-hmm. but if it came to like psychic readings or tarot readings or, um, you know, seances, things like that, it was okay, it was okay for you to be marginalized or, you know, a minority or just a woman so I think mm-hmm. there's something about uh, there's something really powerful about having a whole group of investigators who are queer and comfortable with liminality going into mm-hmm. contact an entity.
0: I love that. I love that, you know, and and to me, and I talk about this a lot, too, on my podcast and just in general, when I talk about queerness, it's really this potential of unlimited possibilities, right? That's not rooted in binaries or this or that. And the way you were describing it, it just makes me think a lot about how queer people already have oftentimes uh, 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 a responsibility to themselves to have to create their paths in so many yes. ways because it's not already given to us, right? It, it's, it's something that we have to discover. And so I'm also thinking how that can be helpful when we talk about uh, the paranormal, right? Because it requires, I, I, I believe, it requires some level of openness, right? And and uh, 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 really philosophy around possibilities and uh, yes. communicating and all of these other aspects that oftentimes I would say, um, you know kind of giving back to what we, going back to what we were talking about with the broish stuff is very like one direction <laughs> right. versus like Let's really talk about what is it like right to exist to or or even about the paranormal or about the afterlife or or connecting with spirits. And Mm -hmm. uh, I know, at least in my life, many, many queer folks often do connect with the idea of spirits and witchcraft and all of these other Mm -hmm. things that were often seen as very negative and chastised um, uh, qualities. And now they're being embraced, right, as part of queerness as well, Mm -hmm. Uh, this ability to see the world and nature in a very different way uh, than, you know, most heteronormative kind of perspectives give us. So I, I, I think in that way, I'm kind of gauging a little bit around how queerness is is magical in that sense, too, yes. right? and being able to embrace this.
1: Yeah. Queer, queerness is, again, like intrinsically magical and vice versa. And I think that's so fascinating because, like I said before, you know, most of the magical practitioners that I've I've met and it doesn't matter, covens of witches, vampires you know um people who identify as like other kin they're 99 percent of the time at least i mean on the queer spectrum some in some way or another mm-hmm. and i think that's because of what you kind of just said that the like busting up of the binary you know it's when you get into magic uh, of any brand whatever your brand is mm-hmm. go like that's cool I think there is a natural, uh, understanding that you don't know shit and this universe is bizarre <laughs> and that, um, also there, that there's a power in our differences and that, that it's okay to be different and we should be celebrating in that and we should be experimenting with like what it feels like to connect with this and that. And, and it could be like, you know, a ghost and, uh, you know, a fairy or something like that. But it also Mm -hmm. could just be like a trans person or, uh, a person of the same, uh, like it, it could be any of those, you could take it either way magically or just like the spectrum of what it means to, you know, uh, like sexuality and gender. So it's, it's really kind of fascinating how there's so much overlap and people don't think about it because they, and why would Mm -hmm. they, right? Because all we have access to is dudes in, in black t-shirts yelling at ghosts Mm -hmm. and like, like telling them, Mm -hmm. commanding them what to do. It's it's Mm -hmm. just like,
0: why? Exactly. (laughs) Why would
1: you do that? Exactly.
0: (laughs) Exactly, you know, and and while you were saying that, I was thinking a lot about clients I've worked with in the past, uh, you know, most of them queer, who shared with me a lot of their connection to the spiritual world. And even the way that they spoke about it was so gentle and magical and interconnected and beautiful. Uh, You know, I had uh, someone once tell me that every time they came to see me, they would, uh, they would sense so much energy around the space. And I would, you know at first I would obviously coming from a therapist mind. back then I was still yeah. in my early years I was kind of like okay what is going on here am I <laughs> diagnosing something you know not really knowing a lot uh, about uh, a lot of these these uh, um, what is it um, I guess ways that people connect to the paranormal and so this client was very specific about energy and I remember just having this conversation with them over and over and being very curious about it um, and one day finding out from another coworker that we actually worked in what used to be a mortuary and I didn't know that (laughs) I had no clue. I was like, Oh my gosh! This client kept sharing with me every time they came into the space. It was just so full of energy, and that they kept sensing mm-hmm. so much there, and that they didn't understand why. And I just remember having a lot of dialogue with them around, you know, their own understanding of of the spiritual world and their connection. And to them, it was very special. Uh, you know, they they saw it as a gift. They saw it as something that allowed them to um, to just. Feel uh, feel good, right about about this uh, this ability, mm-hmm. um, and so I always thought that was very very interesting. And the more I worked with other clients, you know, I did definitely learn around cultures, right, and and different backgrounds, and how people in different places also interpret and connect with spirits. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think uh, queerness, I- I- in its essence, um, also allows for. Questioning, right? The world, like you were saying, the universe mm-hmm. is bizarre, and so also navigating that, right? Like we're in this big universe where there's so many possibilities, so much we don't know, right? That we just kind of assume, so many things we don't even ask or or even uh, know where to begin. And so I think for me, that's one of the reasons why I I really love shows that focus on paranormal. I really love uh, when I hear about folks who who share their experiences and their knowledge. And so I I am curious for you, um, what does this show mean to you? I mean, these shows you're working on and sharing them. would you say that there's a personal aspect in there for you? Was it more of just a creative process and collaborating with folks? or where 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 do you see yourself within this context in terms of the paranormal? Are you a paranormal researcher, or how would you describe yourself?
1: Yeah. So I am an eclectic witch practicing witch, and I also am a paranormal investigator. and i I investigate the paranormal because it's so, to me, I love people and I love fig I'm so curious what is like this life why are we here what is the purpose of all of this and uh so I think sort of dabbling in uh which is how it started like trying to make contact with other entities and and sort of understanding interdimensional concepts and even like quantum Mm -hmm. physics, things like that, magic. How does it work? You know, because there's a psychical component, but then there's also like the brain and what the brain is doing when you're practicing magic. So all of that was Mm -hmm. already in me, you know, that. so this is a very personal project for me. It's, you know, Mm -hmm. the the one show that's a, a long form docu-series, which is, it's called New Blood, it's so personal because that's actually like a long adventure where like the what happens when you take a bunch of witches and and um vampires and different kind of practitioners and investigators and put them in a haunted house and they're all queer you know also and so there's that like extra like openness and liminality and empathy you know that i think queer people kind of generally have more access to What happens, you know, and the strange thing, and you might've experienced this in your life as well, is that when, when you bring a group together like that, you might have original intentions of what would happen. Like, oh, we're going to definitely do like Mm -hmm. a seance and things. But you are always surprised. And it turned Mm -hmm. out to be really an awakening for the entire cast and crew. I mean, people were, everybody cried it's all on camera. (laughs) We all had these Mm -hmm. like deep, Emotional things happen because of, um, just the magic that happens when you, when you connect like that, when you connect your energies, even like you don't even have to be trying to make contact with an alien or a ghost. Just the fact that every morning we sit around a table with candles and like connect our energy together. Mm -hmm. What does that do? How does that help us grow? How does that, um, help us dig into some of the stuff that maybe we haven't been dealing with? So it's, Mm -hmm. that show is exceptionally personal and really very vulnerable Mm -hmm. for everybody involved. Um, So it'll be one of those like, oh, do I even want to watch it kind (laughs) of things? Um, But we want to tell the truth. Like we want to show you what really happened. So.
0: And that's beautiful. I, I love the way you described it, right? Because it sounds like such a powerful experience when you're in community, when you're with other folks who are open and, you know, uh, like you are saying, have access right, to really going into this emotional space. And, and you're right, I mean, I think that we always have intentions and yet, and like we were talking about the universe, it doesn't always kind of agree with our intentions, <laughs> no. right? It takes us where it needs to. And so I'm excited to watch that and, and see uh, everything you're describing because I, I do think that it's a it, it, community in, its, in itself and especially for queer folks is often a safe haven, right? And a very powerful experience when uh, we're able to feel feel one safe and the other just being able to be present, right? in mm-hmm. each other's energy uh, and existing, right? As human yes. beings.
1: yes. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, the second show is, like I said, it's it's still personal um, because the paranormal, in my opinion, is actually always kind of personal. It, it, it kind of weasels mm-hmm. its way into your heart center and, and gets you really uh, thinking about things that you maybe don't generally think about. Um, but it's more of an investigation show, like where we go into a, a spot and, and investigate. You know, but even that is so special because we go in with this army of (laughs) soft hearted queers who are like, you know, maybe going into like a a place that's haunted and somebody's like, I don't know what to do about this. And we find out that we're there actually for the humans of the space, not the ghosts, you know, or whatever is haunting the space. Mm. And maybe we just need to like be their buds and do some kind of ritual that makes them feel a little bit more comfortable in their space and that happens too so it's it's kind of like um it's just like a bunch of Squish mellows like going on a ghost hunt, kind of. <laughs>
0: yeah, <laughs> you, you know, you were mentioning the humans in it too, because I, I know uh, a lot of times the energy, right? It, it's not even about like calling out to a spirit specifically, but just an energy that's left behind. And mm-hmm. I'm thinking a lot around episodes I've seen, or even shows or documentaries where something happens, right? That's that's a uh, traumatic or even very violent, and folks tend to, um. Uh, it, it re, you know, react to it, right? I mean, the people that are still alive, right, and the way that they feel within these spaces, right? They, I often describe it as this energy or mm-hmm. this f- intensive feeling. D- did you get anything like that or or how do you I guess what is the process, right? When you find a space and you're like, let's go investigate mm-hmm. this place and you I mean, are you reading the history behind it? Are you surprising yourself? Are you kind of going in with a certain strategy? like what what is the process for exploring or or or, or going into? A space.
1: Yeah, so for the, uh, the episodic show is called Inhuman Beings because we don't just investigate Mm -hmm. ghosts. And and I do want to say real quick, one of the other problems with network TV is that they will, and we know this because the people who are working on our team have been on network shows. If something Mm -hmm. unusual happens that is not related to ghosts, they will cut it because they think that the audience can't handle it. And so we wanted to say, fuck you, to that. and Because you don't know what's there. You don't know if it's just like the ghost of the dude who owned the place or if it's an alien or if it's Faye, or, you know, it could be anything. Mm -hmm. So we definitely, Mm -hmm. you know, follow reports of high strangeness, whatever they may be. And then we do have like a researcher on the team, uh, Chris Amandier, who's amazing. Um, They also have a podcast called Buried Secrets you should check it out. Um, they yeah. go on major deep dive on the place and kind of find everything, and we put together you know, a board with the red strings, and we kind of like map out, okay, this is the shit that's happening. Now, we all know what's going on in the space, but Michelle Belanger, mm-hmm. who's the most famous psychic vampire probably in the world, uh, mm. is she doesn't know anything. So we don't tell her shit she stays in her own separate space and then we go and have her do a reading. And then we basically like crisscross at the end. Like, can we like, Go back and say, okay, can we corroborate what happened based on what Michelle says? And Michelle is always spot on. It's actually super creepy. <laughs> she,
0: yeah, that's I, amazing. No, I yeah. love hearing that because I, I'm always so curious, right? Because you're right. They, they usually shows don't really go into detail. And I'm, I, you know, for me, when I think about the paranormal, it's a whole experience, right? It's not mm-hmm. just the we caught something or this is like a feeling. It's really the process yeah. of being intentional and going into these spaces so i love to hear that there's very different facets right you have the research part and the deep dive but then you also have the more like let's kind of see where you know how uh, psychically right it's being read and felt and the energy and all this other stuff but then also all the other things in between right the mm-hmm. human response the reactions everything that that I, I think is really important and you mentioned networks often cutting these things out and so you know, you know a big part of why you're also here was to talk about the Kickstarter and really funding a lot these projects um, and how important they are and so going into a little bit of that you know with the uh, the networks. Um, tell me, wh- what is the process like when you, you know, when you decide let's go solo? Like, mm-hmm. what are some of the challenges, some of the pros cons that you can share with us?
1: Yeah, that's a great question. It's, it's gnarly. I will say that you know, it, it's it's really difficult to go out on your own because you have to prove that you're solid for at least one season. And to do that, you have to have a substantial amount of capital. So, you know, we've put over 20K into these projects ourselves. And, you know, we we sort of like use people that we know already in the industry, everybody like as much as we can, and hey, we'll give you this credit and this credit. But at a certain point, you can't skimp on post-production. You don't want it to look like poo. You know, you really want this to be like Mm -hmm. a solid thing that has great sound and, um, you know, is is synced and organized appropriately in the editing room, all of that stuff. So we kind of got to the moment where we were like, we we have to do. Fundraising. Somebody told us to do a Kickstarter. <laughs> Kickstarters are so hard, oh my god. <laughs> they're so hard. So we're asking for $66,666, which is kind of cheeky in the number, but also really around how much we need to finish the filming for both of these shows. Um, there's They're pretty much done. We just have some finalizing things that we need to do. And then post-production, which takes forever and is multifaceted. And then all of the marketing and distribution mm-hmm. And pre-production for season two. Sixty-six thousand I know people at first are kinda like, well, sixty-six thousand, that's a lot. It's actually not. It costs and you know this, living mm-hmm. in Southern California, to make one episode of one just one show of one of those network paranormal TV shows. It's somewhere between like a hundred and some cases two hundred and fifty thousand dollars for one episode. Wow. And what we're one asking episode. for sixty-six wow. isn't that bananas? Yeah, like is for two full seasons of two separate shows. So, I mean, it really is like on the cheap and we have to do the best we can for this first season so that we can then prove that we're worthy of further investments as we move forward. That's the whole thing, you gotta like, that first one is like, this is your chance to show. And then there's opportunities for further marketing and distribution for further seasons. And we're already mm-hmm. like primed for season two. People are coming out of the woodwork who wanna work with us. It's it's incredible. Like we wanna keep this engine going and um, we really have to like find our queer fans, you know? Cause that's, I think gonna be a huge um, fan base for us because we're queer too, like we, mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. so yeah
0: absolutely and it's needed and you already have a queer fan here i'm so excited to (laughs) see uh you know what what comes out of this and and i think in a way um you know i'm hearing how challenging it is to find like a harmony between creating but also having to work with uh, limited resources right that's obviously uh not the same with a studio that has a lot of unlimited resources but they also uh as you were sharing have the capacity to take out Mm-hmm. Right. And to shift it and morph it into yes. something that probably doesn't feel as authentic. So I, I definitely do see the pros in uh, creating something more independently where it can feel like, well, this is the intention. Yes. This is how we want it to be, how we want to put it out there, how we want to share it. And so I hope that folks that are out there listening, uh, you know, that you do consider uh, contributing and uh, supporting this Kickstarter because we do need to have more of our voices out there. We definitely need to have more queer uh creativity and approaches and especially in the paranormal landscape uh, where uh you know as we were talking about it can be very limiting or very much centered yeah. <laughs> around around <laughs> uh you know the, the bro is shit. So um you know I and I know you're fan. you're gonna be sharing the Kickstarter link and everything so folks can find it and go donate and thank you for sharing as well what that would be used for and how you're also uh, Uh, you know allocating these funds uh, you know so folks know out there that this is an expensive process this is definitely not something that's cheap and even when it's it's being uh created uh outside of studios i mean there's so many other things to consider i'm sure there's planning and Mm -hmm. months of things that you have i mean time wise wise right taking care of of all of these things to make this happen um and scheduling i'm sure that's also another thing because it sounds like you have a lot of folks involved
1: yeah absolutely yeah you asked about the pros and you're spot on yeah the pro the biggest pro of doing it yourself is that you never lose your integrity. You don't lose that like initial vision that you had. And nobody's going to tell you to like cut that thing because it's too weird or because you know like oh well, I don't know we can't handle that shit. You know, it's it's the real deal and you also get to like put it out in whatever way you want. You know, we we can give you like this long of an episode if that's what you want. And that's a huge part of what we're doing like right now we're we've been asked on TikTok to create like a community because people are so pumped. Like when people find it, they're like, yes, I want this. So we're creating a discord community for all of our fans to like get in. And we don't even wanna think about it as fans. It's like, you're like part of the new blood family, you know, like let's talk about weird shit. And then y'all can talk about weird shit with each other when we're not available. And, and keep that kind of going because we live in a world that's kind of fucked right now. I mean, there's a lot of stuff going mm-hmm. on. And if you can find joy and community uh, in investigating the unknown, fuck yeah. yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. You should fucking do that, you know? Make your own paranormal Absolutely. show, like, you know, or do, just do what you want to do. And what we want to do yeah. is we want to explore the unknown.
0: And I love that because that's exactly why I think so many of us are fascinated and really captivated by paranormal shows, right? I know at least for me, it's really the idea that there can be so much more in this world, yeah. right? It's so much more that's unexplained, so much mystery. It's exciting. It's scary. It's anxiety-inducing. It's joyful. I mean, there's so many things that go into it. And, you know, I, I uh, at least in my own experience growing up, um, the, it, talking about spirits, talking about the paranormal was very limited, mm-hmm. um, you you know my family is very religious and so the way it was often explained was very negatively or, or scary and for me over time I think that was probably part of why I was so fascinated by it was really rebelling against these ideas mm-hmm. and these kinds yeah. of perspectives <laughs> that felt so limiting and now I'm like oh my gosh like there's so much like I mean so much that we don't know or that we can't explain and I love that because it it not only brings me joy feeling like I, I don't have to make sense of everything. There are some things that just you feel mm-hmm. and you experience. Yes. And you just, whatever, you know, is coming up, that's fine. And there's other things where, uh, you know, there's just, It's just fun to think about, right? Like what is out there? I mean, I know I spend at least like ten minutes of my day like thinking about I wonder what's deep down in the (laughs) ocean. I wonder what's really up in space. I wonder what's in those forests, you know, out in in South America where people can't go in. Yeah. (laughs) normal, another facet of that, right? Like I wonder who was here before me, Mm -hmm. who was living life, experiencing things, and now they're not here, and I'm in this space, right? Mm -hmm. I always think about that when I go into old buildings in L.A., or when I'm walking around certain spaces that have been around forever. Uh, And I think that that's joy, right? There's joy in that, in in feeling like it's so much bigger than us, Mm -hmm. and there's so much that's beyond us.
1: Yeah, it's so humbling, right? And Mm -hmm. something that you kind of touched on is, that, like it brings this joy kind of automatically. And I think it's because when I think most of us are curious when we're little, like when we're teeny tiny, we're you know, we want to know, what is that? What is that? What is that? What is that? And then at some point, very early on, sadly, it's kind of like kicked out of us through the school system and through, you know, society's mm-hmm. rules. and and so we kind of lose that curiosity. and, I think the difference between most magical practitioners or the ones I hang out with versus like Mm -hmm. the maybe quote unquote average person is that we didn't lose the curiosity. We're still like, Mm -hmm. oh my God, what, what is it? And I think you have to find it again, find that like thing in Mm -hmm. you that makes you curious because that's that's the beginning of like creating community and, and creating connections with people you have to be curious about Absolutely. what's going on re- around you what, beyond this and this and like yeah, what you sure. want and who you're yeah. dating and what you, you know, like you want to look like a Kardashian. I don't know, whatever. Like beyond <laughs> all that, like, who yeah, are yeah. you and what do you like? And what are you, what are you hanging out doing every day? You know?
0: exactly no i i thanks for mentioning that because we did an episode on the podcast uh, before on inner child healing and a lot of what we talked about was really what it was like when we were children and we're not indoctrinated into this almost like a uh, very uh, just you know very very limited right perspective on the world and very black and white very heteronormative very like just limiting uh aspect and one of the things that we talked about was really our imagination right and how when we're children we are so much more open and connected mm-hmm. to the world because we don't have any type of ideas or or even internalized kind of oppressive aspects of what we're supposed to like, how we're supposed to exist, how right. we're supposed to interpret things, but instead it's free. And I that's something that I've actually done a lot of work on myself is going really um, deeper and back to a more uh, childlike place where there is curiosity, there is a need for creativity, there is there is a need for imagination and mm-hmm. embracing that. And, and you know allowing that to also be a part of every day um, and I will say that it definitely brought me a lot more joy and a lot more of a of a of a joyful perspective on things right where there, where it, it's almost like, well, you know this is what I was taught, this is what I learned uh, but is that? is that factual is mm-hmm. that something that i believe or is it something that someone gave me and so even with like paranormal right i remember growing up my mom would often say oh you know that's witchcraft you shouldn't look into that this is bad blah 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 blah. and as i grew older i remember thinking like well why does it have to be bad like wh- why is this the one interpretation mm-hmm. and then that's it and then speaking with folks and like i said even working with clients who shared about spirituality about their connection to the spirit world it, it really shifted my perspective i think on on um not just life but also death right that we tend to be so excited for life we tend to be so uh positive about people living but we never really embrace the fact that death and the after uh math of that whatever it is is also a part of existing yes. and it's also a beautiful aspect of it but we see it as a negative right mm-hmm. i mean this is this is something that's bad we don't want that but it's something we will all experience at one point or another um and I, I remember a few years back my niece and, and you were talking about children mm-hmm. and and that really brought it up for me was um her grandmother had passed away and she was very very young about three three four years old barely talking and I remember the day after I was babysitting her and we were sitting in the room and we were like, okay, let's take a nap. And we're taking a nap. And uh, she wakes up and she starts to yell and point and it's in the middle of the dark. So I get really scared (laughs) because she keeps, uh, she's using the nickname that she would call her grandma. Mm And I'm like, oh, my gosh, oh, my gosh, like, what are you what are you seeing? And I just remember her like pointing and yelling and, and I turn on the lights and she's pointing at a picture of her grandma and she kept saying, you know, yeah, 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 yeah. That's my yaya, yeah. And I go, OK. And I remember walking by the room where um, her grandmother used to stay and she would point and smile and she would like wave and tell me, oh, Yaya's in there. And I always kind of like remember being so scared, thinking like, what are you seeing that I'm not seeing? Yeah. And. It was so interesting because she would she even mentioned to me like you know she's gone but she would go in the room and like talk or have some type of dialogue and i always thought that was so powerful to me uh because obviously here i was with my adult brain thinking like oh you know yeah it's gone but she felt something that kept drawing her back into the room looking at pictures and um i personally believe that you know she probably did see her, her grandmother yeah. and she probably did have some connection to her in that way and so I, I love when we talk about children uh, and especially when, when we're talking about the context of, of how they are so much more connected because mm. they're not indoctrinated right yes. into these ideas and in a very pure form right coming into this world and uh, more open maybe even right to things that a lot of us close our minds to mm-hmm. because we just we're told you know either they don't exist or you don't talk about them.
1: Yeah, I mean, I I think about that so often with kids, and and if if it was like appropriate for filming, we would probably do great to have a bunch of kids on set because they're so psychic, they are so psychic, and they have so many great skills. Like, but I don't. That would be a mess. Like that would be so
0: <laughs> That's a fun idea, though. I was just thinking as you were saying that, like having a bunch of kids released into these faces and just kind of be like, oh, my God, what is going on? Like, what are you seeing? Maybe season two. I don't know.
1: Uh, I mean, it would be really cool, though. Like, I've never seen that. But but it would be kind of like like a little Stranger Things club, like, you know, yeah. <laughs> the little bikes and stuff. It would, exactly. it would work. Ready. I mean, they would be so good. They'd be better than us. Like, 100% they would.
0: And imagine the little interviews, right, when you're <laughs> yeah. checking in with them, and they're like solo, like, I- <laughs> like I'm, I'm, There's an idea. Hey, c- call me and I'll be a. I'll be a. What is it? Uh, uh, <laughs> what of <are> the advisors? <laughs>
1: yeah, you can be a consultant. You can be <laughs> consultant. There
0: you go. I'll be a consultant for you. <laughs> but but yeah I, I love that I love that you mentioned that because I, I think that that's another part of queerness too right it's really embracing those parts of ourselves that we're often told we need to outgrow or let go mm-hmm. of and so uh, you know queerness to me I think even in that sense right has a big magical piece because we as I mean I and we can just uh, look at you know a lot of a lot of queer folks either who in media or outside of media we love to be creative mm-hmm. we love to dress up we love colors we love to express ourselves we love magic we love the idea of wor- the world being more beautiful yes. right than we're told and so i think intrinsically that's also there right there is a childlike wonder for many of us uh, who are queer and, and really seeing the world uh, through those lens and so i i i think that that's that's uh, another really great point right of why you created the show and and as you were sharing right a pro that you get to showcase that. Mm -hmm. Uh, And I I can't even stress this enough but I'm so happy and proud to hear that everyone was queer and your production team and and everyone involved because we're still I mean fighting right for a lot of these spaces and especially uh, being able to say and showcase and create in an authentic way to us Mm -hmm. instead of other people kind of chiming in and being like well you know I don't Mm -hmm. think that's such a that's gonna translate well or hey you know i don't think that's appropriate or whatever yeah uh but instead being able to just i mean it it sounds so raw and pure and i and i i love the way you describe them there's definitely i'm hearing a lot of love and a lot of passion for these projects
1: absolutely yeah and and i think the imagination component like you said I, my wife and I always joke we're like queer people are just better but that's not we're <laughs> joking but um but we're kind of not <laughs> I, mean,
0: I joke with my partner the same yeah, way <laughs>
1: because I do think there is a level of empathy and imagination and adventure and uh you know our a lot of times we'll hang out with our straight friends and we're like they seem so unhappy <laughs> and I think it
0: they're hey but we're we're
1: there's like a childlike right, I was nature say, to but it. we're
0: showing the way right yeah yeah, yeah. No, 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 exactly what you just said I, and and i i love this because it I, and thank you thank you for 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 even saying the joke because <laughs> me and my partner talk about this all the time and i think what what i the way i framed it is look it's not that we're better right obviously that that's the joke <laughs> but it's really that we have in many ways throughout history been the leaders in really helping other folks, right? Especially Mm -hmm. folks who don't identify as queer to see possibilities, right? Whenever we talk about queer, the queer movement, trans non-binary folks are the unicorns, the beautiful folks that are at the forefront really challenging these kinds of ideas, right? That oppress not just other uh, folks within the LGBTQ plus umbrella, but Cisgender heterosexual folks yes. as well, right they're trapped within these ideas, and so yes. I, I do love that in that way, we tend to be pioneers yeah for so much, right whether it, it is uh fashion beauty creativity filmmaking storytelling uh you know all of these other things right we we tend to be pioneers and often at the forefront and so I do love that you you're, you know you were sharing that that yes we we have Oftentimes, uh, um, and maybe because we're forced to, right, living in a world that's not embracing us, that's not accepting us, having to create our own paths and mm-hmm. having that opportunity to see unlimited possibilities and then sharing it with the world, right, mm-hmm. gifting it so that other folks can also yes. connect and yes. you don't have to identify as queer. I mean, you could still be uh, cis and still feel like, wow, maybe there's more to life than just these kinds of, you know, very cemented very structured ideas of the world and Mm -hmm. how fun is that right to think that there's there's more to life that there's there's so much more uh than what we've been told, right? Especially in a capitalist society Ugh. of work, 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 and, you know, yeah. do this and then you're gone.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I'm glad that you brought the capitalist thing up too, because that, that's, you know, that it always comes back to that problem, you know, like the patriarchy, white supremacy, capitalism, mm-hmm. you know, these these structures are so strong and so old. And, you know, in indigenous mm-hmm. cultures, a lot of the time, like the, the one who was queer or trans or both or um, or also like psychic and maybe just like yes. didn't learn really well but like had some intuitions, traditionally mm-hmm. those people would be like uh, not, they would be trained to be shamans, to be yeah. seers yeah. in the community, to be, like you said, like wayfinders, uh, pioneers, to yes. like the unicorns who led the way. And what's happened yes. because of the fear, so much fear and hatred within mm-hmm. the constructs of capitalism and the patriarchy is like, now we're these, the opposite, you know? It's like, well, we, we go against mm-hmm. what's normal. Have Have people thought about how fucked up normal is, you know? Like, mm-hmm. normal is not mm-hmm. working for us. We're, like, really fucking mm-hmm. up the planet and ourselves. And I, I just, yeah. I'm wondering if, I just feel like queer people are generally, just like you said, leading the way in a yeah. lot of ways and saying, listen, what if we did it differently? How about, what, mm-hmm. what if we just tried mm-hmm. this? And and, yeah. without us, I, I don't know... Um, I, I, I hate to say it, I'm biased, but I don't know what the world would look like.
0: Mm-hmm. I, I think mm-hmm. it would be kind oh, of sad. Oh, I agree. I agree 100%. You know, I was watching, um, what is the show? I, maybe you're familiar with it. It's uh, um, The Book of Queer. Oh I haven't seen it They had a Oh it's on Oh oh my gosh I can't even remember Anyway I was watching it And Eric Cervini Cervini, I believe is the name They're a historian And they basically helped uh, with the show uh, around talking about how queer people have existed forever, mm-hmm. right? I mean, since the beginning of time, right? We've been right along it hasn't been like, we just popped out of yeah, nowhere and <laughs> people started converting. Yeah, we are, we're,
1: we're not new. <laughs>
0: <laughs> no, we were there. And so what I love about that show specifically is that they talk about the impact and the influence that queer people have had, whether it was openly or mm-hmm. secretly, because we had to survive. And so queerness is in essence, I mean, th- there's no way to, to not include it. We mm-hmm. are there. I mean, there's a way to erase us, right? Queer erasure. There's mm-hmm. a way to not share our stories, but it does not mean that we weren't there. And we were. And, and so we I, were. I I love what you, you know, I love the work that you're doing. I love that you know, this very intentional because I, I think it, it it this is another area right where um we we should show up right. Mm-hmm. Talking about spirituality. Talking about the paranormal. Talking about. The, the, the things that uh, we don't understand. And so I do want to thank you again, uh, you know, Fen for coming on yeah. the show. And also uh, I'm going to be sharing the Kickstarter with everyone so they can uh, donate. And uh, are there anything uh, or are there any other links or resources or anything you'd like to share with folks so that they know, uh, you know, where to find you or where to find uh, uh, the shows once they're out or anything like that?
1: Yeah. So season one, we're going to have the shows on YouTube for free for everyone because that's what, right our people were asking for and we think it's the right thing to do. Um, and we might continue to do that. Who knows? You just don't know how the Mm -hmm. thing, the the people make the thing, the thing we just do the first part. Mm -hmm. And then the the viewers are the community that kind of give it its energy and momentum. So we'll see what happens, but, um, you can follow us. Uh, Actually the easiest way to find everything is newblood.tv. Everything is there. Uh, and that's just the easiest place to go. And, I think, um, you know, help us get through this Kickstarter. We don't have a lot of time yet. And uh, we, you know, we have a lot of really cool rewards too. And we've, again, we're always listening to our community. So we made a bunch of new rewards based on what they asked us, what they, what, what they said they wanted. We were like, okay, cool, we'll make that mm-hmm. for you. So, um, yeah, we try to really listen to what the people want and, and give them, we have a pride tier. Uh, that's got a a pride demon (laughs) because why not
0: (laughs) (laughs) right Um, why not Yeah,
1: (laughs) you can get a pride demon t-shirt so I mean there's all kinds of uh, fun stuff on there and yeah if you're queer then that might be your favorite tier I don't know
0: Great, great. No, that's something to check out. And sorry, I, I wanted to ask, when is the deadline? Because we want to make sure that folks know and you know they find this and, and donate in time. Is or is there a deadline for the Kickstarter? I mean, yes. You know, what, what's the, the the plan?
1: So the deadline for the Kickstarter is July 9th at eight o eight a.m. Eastern Standard Time. Okay. So hold on to your butts. We are. I think mm. we're 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 oh, well over half, but we still need that push. We've got some secret. Uh, tricks up our sleeves, but you know, we still, we, this is right. grassroots. So we count on like every little bit counts, you know? And if you can't, if you mm-hmm. can't pledge also just sharing, just share it, you know? Yes. Cause we've gotten amazing pledges just from that. So yeah.
0: Absolutely. Y'all heard if you can't or, you know, whatever reason right now, please share. That's also another great way to get the word out and to have other folks contribute. I know I'm going to be donating tomorrow on payday. So if y'all have some capacity, (laughs) you you know, go ahead and do that. Um, And so July 9th is the deadline and uh fen thank you again for being on here i'm so excited to to see the show and to and to see all the love and 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 you know the energy that you put into this along with everyone else that's involved uh and until next time